What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yo, yo, dream builder. Are you ready? Hey, I hope so. I can tell you this episode right here. I'm excited to bring to you all, first off, because it's season five. And to be able to think that when I first started, I just had a dream of doing 25 podcasts because they said that, you know, 20 was the number that most people didn't get past. So I did 25. But then I had a dream that I wanted to bring on some of the biggest and brightest minds in the world. And I said, man, if I can bring on the Grant Cardones, if I can bring on the the Gary V's, if I can bring on the Pat Bet Davids, I think that that would be phenomenal, right? To be able to pick their brain, but at the same time, be able to give back to somebody else who is in a path where they don't know what direction they want to go. And that was what I wanted to do. And so the thing that I've been able to accomplish so many goals in this podcast world, uh, I'm very, very proud of it. And I'm excited now to bring you season five, because I can tell you, we're going to be changing up some things, but at the same time, we're going to be going harder than ever. So I'm going to bring to you all the biggest thought leaders and change makers in the game, starting with this episode, which I'm super hyped for you all to hear this. But at the same time, we're going to go deep into the world of not only, I would say the world of imagination, and that's going to be in business because there's so many innovators that are creating companies around tech and and uh, around AI and everything else, but also the world of imagination and who do we want to be in these next five to seven to 10 years as the world continues to evolve around us. So I'm excited. Trust me when I tell you this season is going to be uh, amazing. There's going to be a lot of fireworks. You're going to hear everything from um NBA players to uh, millionaires who have done that by trading stock options to uh, huge millionaires who have been created through internet marketing and so much more. Of course, we're going to talk real estate. We're going to talk business, but we want to make sure that on this show, the way that we're different is not only do I bring my insights and my, my story behind it, but at the same time, we continue to tap into the world of the unknown. So with that being said, I want you all to sit back, buckle your seat. I can tell you this first episode, we have Amy Porterfield on. And for those who don't know Amy Porterfield, she was an inspiration for me when I first started my podcast. And the reason being is because I seen what she was doing in the internet world and how she came from essentially nothing to then being able to create a life by her design by helping people through online courses and understanding internet marketing. And I'll be honest and say that I was one of those people. So if you're somebody right now that you're listening to this podcast and you're saying, I want to get into more marketing, I want to get into more business in the online world, but I just don't know where to start. I think this is going to be a great episode for you, especially because she just released her book, Two Week Notice, find the courage to quit your job, make more money, work where you want, and change the world. So we talk about all of that and more on this episode. So without further ado, let's go ahead and tap right in. What is up, Dream Builder? Welcome back to another episode of this Dream Nation podcast. And I'll tell you, I say all the time how excited I am to be bringing you each and every one of these episodes. But for this episode right here, I feel like that it's a long time coming and a dream come true. Because I'll tell you, for anybody who's been with me on this journey for these last three and a half years, when I first got started in a podcasting world, I did make up what they call a Dream 100, or it was a Dream 25 at this time. And one of the people that was on that list was the amazing Amy Porterfield. And so today I have the opportunity to bring to you none other than the amazing Amy Porterfield. So Amy, you want to go ahead and say what is up to Dream Nation? 
Well, hello there, Dream Nation. I'm so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this. So thanks for having me, friend. Oh, absolutely. So I, I always love to start off these, these episodes and I compare us as entrepreneurs, thought leaders, change makers to superheroes. And the reason being is because we're constantly, we're flying around the world, right? Whether that be virtually in people's living rooms or actually flying around the world in person. And we're trying to put on our cape and change people's lives. And you've been doing this for, I mean, a number, I've been following this journey for probably the last six years, but I know You've probably been doing this for what, 10, 15 years? 14 years. Wow. 14 years. You've been putting on that cape, trying to change people's lives. And so I know that a lot of the times we know who Superwoman or Superman is, but what we don't know is who is that Lois Lane or who is that Clark Kent behind the scenes. So for a lot of people, they've seen you, they've watched, they've listened to the podcast, they've watched you on YouTube, but when the cameras aren't on, Tell us, take us behind the scenes and tell us who is that superwoman when it comes to Amy Porterfield? Mm, Such a great question. Well, I try to think about like, what would people maybe not know about me if they only see me, let's say on social and where most people are putting their highlight reel and all that good stuff. And although I do try to share the good, bad and ugly with my audience, there's some things like, I think I'm slightly awkward. I think that when at least in my head I am. The thoughts I have, the things that I worry about or I'm concerned about are kind of ridiculous half the time, but I'm a worrier by nature. Mm. I definitely struggle with depression and anxiety, and it's something that I'm public about, but in the back, like it is something every day that I have to be very, very mindful of. So that's something that very much, it doesn't define me, but it is part of my life. And at the same time, I can really take a good nap. Like I'm a good relaxer as well, which people might not know about me because I'm always going, going, going online. But I I love to take naps. I love downtime. Hobie, my husband and I have a lake house right outside of Nashville. It's my most favorite place to be. I like to be quiet. I'm an introvert. Like, I don't know. These are just things that like my husband would be able to tell you about me. Yeah, no, I love it. And I love the transparency right away because for a lot of people, just like you said, it looks like you have it all figured out, right? But with your audience, you always have been transparent. Now, let's take it back to when you were a little bit younger, right? And and what I mean by that is you're not that old, but it, when you were a little girl, did you grow up with a entrepreneurial, like I'm going to take life by the horns mindset, or were you somebody that was more introverted as you were younger and it's just carried its way through and you've had to figure out how to adapt your life to it? So I've always had the leader mindset. I always wanted to be in charge. I always wanted to be a leader. I was the captain of my cheerleading team in high school. I won the spirit award in high school, which meant like you you went after it. You were an achiever, you're a go-getter. However, I never ever thought about being a business owner or an entrepreneur. First of all, I didn't even know the word entrepreneur for many, many, many years. And I always was really good at being an employee. And so I was a great employee, although I would lead my teams, I like to be told what to do so then I could be the overachiever and do it even better. I like to get promotions and raises and add a girls and recognition. So I wasn't the entrepreneurial type at all, but I always did have that kind of leader sense to me. Gotcha. So talk to me, if you had so much success at a young age, why do you think that you always had that worrier mindset naturally? Because things were always going well for you. So if you're like, hey, I know how to lead, where did the, you know, that in a sense you could call it insecurity, where do you think that came from? I think the insecurity came from, that's such a good question. I got to think about it. Where would that come from, that worry? For some reason, I've always had this, this sense that When something good happened to me, the other shoe was going to drop. I actually have gone to therapy about this because so much good has happened in my life that you can imagine there's a lot of, oh, the shoe's going to drop because, or I'm going to be found out, or I don't deserve this. I think, I think since I've been very young, I don't feel like I really deserved all the stuff that was coming to me. I don't know why there might be a few daddy issues in there that we don't need to get into, but there was always that sense with me. 
And so as I've made it into entrepreneurship, I've had to be really careful about that worry mindset or the other shoe is going to drop. And now when it happens, like it could happen, I could have an amazing launch and my mind is like, holy cow, something bad's gonna happen. This is too much money, you don't deserve this. And I just, I wait a moment, I do not believe everything I think. And then from there, I look at my track record. I look at the effort I put into this. I, I t remind myself that everybody deserves goodness. And it kind of just calms me down. But unfortunately, I was born with the disposition of I worry or I'm scared something bad's gonna happen. So I just have to kind of calm my nervous system down. And I have to tell you, as I'm telling you this, I'm like, why are we talking about this? I wish we didn't have to talk about this. I don't wanna admit this. But then I know someone's listening right now that can fully relate to what I just said and they need to know they're not alone. So I'm just gonna talk about it. Yo, I, I love that. And, that, and that's something that we all struggle with. I, I don't care who you are, man. I've, you've obviously had a lot of conversations too, but we meet some of the most successful people in the world. But everybody still has those human nature thoughts, right? That I don't deserve this, right? That, that this is, I'm not supposed to be in this room, right? But when you look back at it, and I love that because that was a tactical and that was a practical step right there to look back at your track record. Every yeah. time, whether that means that you grew up without a father, which maybe we have some relation there but you then say okay well i'm a great father i'm a great big brother right or yes. i'm a great caregiver however it might be so i think that that's phenomenal that you said it and also the steps that you take to be able to ease your mind now talk to me because you have and, and we're going to jump right into it but you have a book that's going to be launching yeah. And I'm excited to, to talk about this because I think that it's going to be a lot of people that can benefit from all of the nuggets in it. But when you first decided that you were going to become an entrepreneur since you didn't grow up and your family, did you grow up with entrepreneurship in no. your family at all? Blue collar workers to the bone. My mom was a hairstylist. My dad was a firefighter. Okay. So then you decide, okay, I'm in corporate America and I think that I want to try my hand at running my own business. Yeah. Why? <laughs> so what happened was my last corporate job was with Tony Robbins, a motivational speaker, and I had an amazing job. I got paid well, I got to travel the world, got to work with Tony Robbins. It was incredible on paper. But what, what happened was I was there for almost seven years and there was this one meeting, and I, I talk about this early on in the book, one meeting where Tony brought in a bunch of business owners. They were all online business owners with digital courses, memberships, masterminds, things like that. They were all men, and they came in to talk about their businesses and launching and what they were doing online. And so I was brought in to take notes, which is humbling in and of itself, at a side table. I wasn't even at the main table. And these guys went around and talked about their businesses. And they were in real estate, finance, relationship, counseling, all different kind of stuff. But all I heard them talk about was freedom. I realized each and every one of them, they were their own boss. They were mm -hmm. calling the shots. They were working when they wanted, how they wanted, where they wanted. They weren't on someone else's time or someone else's dime. And in that moment, I thought, I have always had a boss. From when I was very young, I had a very strict father, his way or the highway. He was my first boss. And then I went into corporate. I had bosses every which way I would turn. And like I said, I was good at that. I was good at taking direction and following direction and excelling. And so I only knew the world of having a boss. And then all of a sudden I was introduced to this new world of online marketing, business building, online businesses, and there was freedom. And in that moment, I thought, that's all I want. All I want is freedom. I had just, I was newly married. I was never seeing my husband. I was on the road all the time. And I was hitting a glass ceiling, which most women will do. And I thought something has to change. So it was a switch that turned on in that moment. It wasn't kind of over time. It was like, in that moment, I knew I will be a business owner. I don't know what I'm going to do. I genuinely had no idea what I would do, but I was going to figure it out. Wow. And so now, I mean, because you're on top of the world. And if I remember correctly, you actually even appeared in the Netflix. Uh, is that right? Or at least your character okay. appealed, I, appeared. Yeah, I didn't appear. But if you watch, what is it called? I'm not your guru. Right. Tony did a, a beautiful documentary. And there's a woman in that documentary that she's kind of by him all the time. She's in a black suit. She's in the car with him. She's taking notes while they're driving to the venue. 
that was my role. I was there to create content, support the content that he did on stage. So I was in that craziness and it was incredible. So much of what I do now as an entrepreneur, I learned during my time working with Tony. So I give that so much credit, but yeah, that was my role. I'm pretty sure I lost a few years off my life. It was very intense, but it was pretty incredible. Yeah. So you, now you decide, okay, I got everything going right here, but I need the freedom. I need to be able to control my own destiny. Now to walk us through, what does those first, first off you go home and you tell your husband, I would imagine, (laughs) Hey, here's what I'm thinking. Does he call you crazy or does he say absolutely? Cause I've been needing you home more. Uh, He said, bring it on. Let's do it tomorrow. Yeah, he was all for it. He knew I was under a lot of stress and he knew I was hardly ever home. But when I went to him, I'm glad you asked this question. So I leave that meeting, I go home and I tell my husband, I don't know what just happened, but my whole universe just turned upside down. I need to figure this out. So it wasn't like I told him, I'm quitting my job and I'm gonna become an entrepreneur. Again, that word wasn't even part of my vocabulary. I just knew I gotta figure something out. I wanna go out on my own. It was a year later that I actually went out on my own. For the next six months, I kind of dabbled in, what could I do? What might this look like? And I moved to the marketing department. So I was in content, moved to marketing so I could work on the digital course launches. I was very drawn to digital courses and I wanted to know how to do them and how to launch them. So I started working in marketing. About six months after that, I said, I'm gonna choose a date. This is something I teach in my book. I'm gonna choose an exit date because I will never leave if I don't schedule it. So about that time, I said, okay, in six months, I'm leaving this job. So I write it on a post-it note, put it on a mirror in my bathroom, and I didn't just look at it every day. I looked at it and asked the question, what do I need to do today to move me closer to that date? Because the only way I know to get self-confidence is keeping the word you make to yourself, the commitments you make to yourself. So I thought, I'm leaving on that date. What do I need to do every day? Do I need to make a phone call? Do I need to network, read a book, listen to a podcast, buy a digital course? What do I need to get me closer to being ready to go out on my own? And so for the next six months, mornings, nights, weekends, I started working on a side hustle, which was doing social media for small businesses. Did I love it? No. Was it my end all be all? No, it was my starter idea. Everyone needs a starter idea. So I started to make a little money on the side to give myself a little confidence that maybe this could work until I led up to that six months and I left and started taking more clients doing their social media. Oh, I love it. I love it. Again, more practical tips. And I would agree, right? Like that you have to see it. You have to see it before you can seize it, the opportunity, right? So looking at that every day, putting it on your mirror, whether you're brushing your teeth in the morning, right? Whether you just go in to put your makeup on, whatever it might be, when you see that, that you know, hey, I got a goal, I got a target that I'm trying to hit. And I got to stay on pace for this because six months or nine months or even one year is coming before I know it, right? And I don't want to be behind. Yep, exactly. So you, you're doing social media, you're crushing it at that. Now, is was it an opportunity where it was kind of like a double dutch of you're going to, you know, once you make enough money, then you're going to leave that job? Was that what it was? Or like, how did you then say, okay, I'm ready. Now six months have come, I'm ready yeah. to do it. Okay, so I had this big lofty idea. I was gonna make enough money to cover like six months or a year of salary that I wasn't gonna get once I left. Like I wanted a nest egg. I did not have that. I quit around the time in 2009 where 2008 was a recession and I quit in 2009 on the back end of it. So I didn't save a bunch of money. And I tell my students, you do not need a big nest egg to start an online business. There's very little overhead, especially if it's just you. So I didn't have the money I thought I would have in a bank account, but I was committed to that date. And I did have a few clients, more clients lined up, not enough to cover my salary. So money anxiety is a big thing when you think about leaving a nine to five job and going out on your own. And it's very normal. You should be a little bit nervous. You're not gonna get a regular paycheck anymore, nor are you gonna get health benefits. Two big things that stop people from ever even thinking about going out on their own. 
So what I did is I sat down with my husband and said, how much money do we actually really need for the next year? Because I need some wiggle room. I need a little space to make some mistakes and figure some things out if I'm gonna quit this job. And so we we went through all the finances and we decided where we were going to sacrifice. Because I do believe your first year of business, you're gonna have to sacrifice. So we cut back on here, cut back on that. We didn't go on that vacation. So we decided, okay, this is how much we need. He was gonna cover most of it or some of it really and I needed to cover the rest of it and that's when I knew my number. Now I was ready to go out on my own knowing I better get three more clients in order to cover our monthly bills and just make it work. Bare bones, but make it work. And so that was my goal when I left and that's exactly what I did. Gotcha. And is that the same strategy nowadays that you would say even in the book, but is that the same strategy that you would tell anybody who's looking to leave that nine to five and start their own online business? Get clear about your finances. Talk to your partner if you have one of where you guys will cut back, but don't say, I have to have tons of money before I leave. You'll never leave your job. And also don't say, I have to cut, I have to make just as much money as I made in my salary for this to work. You have to give yourself some space because that first year is messy. I will give you the step-by-step guidelines to build a foundation in your business. That's what the book is. But there's still mistakes that are going to be made. You're human. So as much wiggle room as you can give yourself that first year out, do it. Gotcha. So again, I think that's great advice. One of the things that I think what's crazy about it is even though when I was started listening out to the podcast, right, the online business marketing podcast, like I, I don't think that it really caught me until probably two years in. I'm a little bit shame, uh, shameful to say, but when we first start, you know, trying to build a business or a brand, right, we focus on followers, we focus on likes, right, we focus on uh, getting shares. But there is one thing that you've always taught and stood by that what is the first thing that somebody should be focused on when they start their online business? Growing an email list. Is that where you were going with that? That's exactly where I was okay, going exactly. with it. And I think yeah. that that's very, I didn't, I, like, that's why I said shameful to say, because I wasn't really, I didn't put two and two together, right? And, and so for you, when you first started on this online business journey, did you know up front that that, because I still think that a, that's not talked about enough, is I that's agree. the only thing that you own. Okay. I love that you brought this up and you and I are the same. I didn't focus on growing my email list for two full years when I went out on my own. And I knew that it was important. Tony Robbins would always say at his business events that if you do not have a viable email list, you do not have a thriving business. The two go hand in hand. I listened to him say that a hundred times and I went out on my own and didn't even focus on an email list. And I think the reason why we mostly usually don't is everything looks shiny and new and exciting and we have a little bit of desperation in us. We gotta make money, gotta make money. So we're just like grasping at anything that might help. And the email list is a slow and steady strategy behind the scenes that most of us do not want to do in the beginning, nor do we see the value in it. Until you try to launch something like what happened with me. So about a year into my business, I decided to launch my first digital course. I created it. I was so proud of it. I was ready. Put it out into the world. Crickets. I had a very small email list that I never nurtured. I had a small social media following, but no one was buying. And then a few sales came in, trickled in over the next week, and I closed the cart, and I made a whopping $267. Now, the course was $297, but by the time you backed out a few thousand dollars in expenses, I only made $267. And the reason for that is I did not have a thriving, viable email list. And so I tell my students, do not grow your business on rented land, which is Mm. social media, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it might be. The algorithm can change like that and your whole business changes. But let me tell you a quick story. I sent, okay, last year, Facebook and Instagram for many, many hours went black. Do you remember that? Like, I do. Did not exist. It was like, is anyone out there? Because it was so weird. We could not communicate. Meaning if you were selling on social media, you were not making any sales. That morning, it was a coincidence. I sent an email to my list, small portion of my list, letting them know about a product that I have had for years, but they hadn't bought it yet. And I wrote a great email telling them about it. So uh, 48 hours later, I had made $6,000 with this very inexpensive product. 
when Facebook and Twitter was totally down. That is the power of an email list. You will always be able to make money in your business if you have an email list. And I'm talking like a couple thousand. I'm not talking about a hundred thousand. A couple thousand can make a huge difference. Like today, if I needed to make money, I could put together an offer, email my list. By midnight tonight, I would have money in my bank. That's confidence in a business. I cannot guarantee that on social, but I can with email. Now, for an email list, I think where a lot of people struggle at is, you know, you said I could put together an offer, but I think it, a lot of the times people struggle to figure out like, what is my offer, right? And, and how do I offer something of value that could be unique? Because it feels like everybody else, all of my competitors have already offered essentially the same thing. So like, why do they want to buy it from me? Or do I just have to give away, you know, whatever for free? What is your recommendation on something like that? If somebody's just looking to get started. They don't have an email list. Maybe they have a very small following. We're talking, right. let's say a thousand people on Facebook, less than a hundred following on Instagram, but they want to jump out there and they want to try their hand at it. Would you yeah. say that the best way is to do a freebie or is it no, let's, let's figure out who's willing to pay with their pocketbook. We just need to have some good copy. Okay. So this is a great question because it's like chicken or egg, what came first kind of thing. And in an ideal world, if you can hold off on making money right away, let's say it's your first 30 days in business. What I would love to see you do, and I talk about this in the book, is to create a content plan where let's say you're going to podcast or do a video show or maybe a live Q&A on Instagram once a week or a blog. So a platform where you're going to create content like you, you've got this podcast, you add video to it, doing that every single week so that people are now knowing what you are there for, what your message is, what insight you offer, what value you offer. So we do need to create value before we sell. You have to give before. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. You get. And so that just means let's set up a system that you're going to podcast every week. Rain or shine, you've got a new one coming out every single week. It's easier than you think to get going with something like that. You just got to get started even before you're ready. So what I would do is I'd start to create content to put something out there in the world to start attracting an audience. The second thing I would do is I would add a lead magnet to that. So maybe on my podcast, I might say, hey, before we get started, did you know I have a free guide to do XYZ? Go to amyporterfield.com forward slash whatever to go grab it. Now let's get into the episode. Every single episode, I'd talk about that one PDF guide, whatever it is that I created for free. That way you're gonna start growing your email list with people that genuinely are interested in what you're doing. From there, soon after, you can start putting together an offer. And in the book, I talk about three different offers that I think are really easy to get started from the beginning. One is coaching or consulting. That's essentially what I did. I consulted on social media with a little mix of doing it for them as well. So coaching, consulting, one-on-one -on -one or group, you could put a package together and say, I'm gonna take five people in a group coaching program for three months for this amount of money. Here's what the results I can promise. And you're gonna go back and think, what am I good at? Where have I gotten results for myself or for somebody else? And what can I teach to help other people hit the results they're looking for? What solution can I solve? So that is what, or what challenge can I solve with the solution? So that's what you're gonna do coming up with your offer. So coaching, consulting. The other one is a service-based business. People will pay money for you to do it for them. Are you Excellent. a web designer? Can you, I did social media for small businesses. So that's service based. Are you a dog trainer? Could you go out and train other people's dogs? So many different things you could do, but a service based business can make you money right away. And then the third one is a little bit more abstract, but what it's what I'm known for. Can you put together a paid workshop where for an hour you're going to teach on your expertise? One thing that you're really good at that you know people always ask about. What's that one thing you can teach on? They pay you a hundred or two hundred dollars to get on your live training, you record it. And now you've got something you can sell consistently. Inside the book, I literally walk you through step by step by step what that would look like and how to do it. But these are just ways to get started. Now, I want to hit on something you said. You mentioned like, 
well, how do you be unique? And how do you stand out? And you look around and you think, I want to do this, but everyone else is doing that. The first thing is I want to remind you that it doesn't matter how many people are doing it. There's always room for you. You can always carve out your space there. You only need a sliver of the online world to pay attention for you to make some good money. So I came on the scene when everyone and their mother was a social media manager and I taught social media in the beginning, but I found my spot. I didn't find it with my offers. The offer doesn't need to be unique. What needs to be unique or where you need to shine is in your content to bring people in. They want to learn from you because you're showing up, you're sharing your message, you're doing it your way. And so they're going to come into your world. They want to learn from you because you've attracted them with your content. That's why free content is so important before the offer. Wow. Again, such amazing nuggets. I love everything that you said there. I know one of the questions that I've gotten from a lot of people that have reached out to me is they've seen that like, I, I have my hands in a lot of different things, right? And I think that that was always, if I'm honest, that was always a struggle for me. I mean, being real estate, having a digital marketing agent, having a podcast, having daycare centers, it's, it's all over. And so for me, it was a struggle in the beginning until I just, decided to to let me be me but it was the struggle of figuring out what exactly is my niche right when you talk or niche however you want to say it I like because, niche. right <laughs> niche because you start to feel like you're multifaceted right and then yeah. that 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 gives you too many options so then you feel like you're at a standstill i'm sure you get this a lot for people that when they're thinking about leaving corporate america and they're saying hey you know what i do want to grow my my online business and i want to grow my email list but i don't know who to talk to because it feels like if I talk to everybody, I'll be talking to nobody. So what is your response to that? How do you coach up your clients that don't know where do they start? So I have this philosophy that, you know, I work with a lot of multi-passionate entrepreneurs. They have a lot of things they want to do. It sounds like you, a lot of different things going on. And I always say that you don't need to monetize everything you love or want to do. I am a believer in narrowing it down, getting in your lane and going all in. So let me give you an example. When people ask, what do you do? Like if a total stranger were to ask me, Amy, what do you do? I would tell him that I help people build online businesses. Now, if that person wanted to know more, I'd say, well, specifically, I help people grow email lists and from there, take their expertise and create digital courses that they can sell over and over again. So it's very specific what I do, build email lists, create digital courses and sell them online and teach people how to do that. But essentially my umbrella is helping people build businesses online. So I can talk about tons of different things on my podcast, on social media, entrepreneurial mindset, that supporting a family while you're an entrepreneur, females making more than their male partner, all this stuff I get to talk about that's real to me. But at the end of the day, I'm making my money with my digital courses, teaching list building and digital course creation. So that works for me. And that's essentially what I want my students to do, narrow it down so that they get really good at one thing and they become known for something. If you ask somebody, do you know anyone that can teach me how to create a digital course? I assume my name comes up at the top of the list, top three maybe. But that's because I've been doing this for so long and I've stayed in my lane. Now, a lot of people will say, but it gets boring. I want variety, I wanna do different things. I find variety in my personal life. I find variety in my friendships and relationships, even in the business. I find variety in my podcast where I get to talk about tons of things. But when I'm making money, I wanna be known for it so they come to me. So that is my philosophy, but it doesn't work for everybody. And I'm dying to know, you were saying the the childcare, what was it that you said? A daycare. Yeah, yeah. And then my real way. estate and yep. this podcast, like how do you do that? Cause you probably have a different model than I do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think for me, uh, it was a struggle in the beginning, if I'm honest. And and the reason being is because I got known for real estate, just like you okay. said. But okay. I was also that person that, because for me, I came from, and, and obviously my audience will know my story, but anybody who's listening to this for the first time, I mean, I came from a world of within two and a half weeks, I lost my mom, my job, and my home. To then, I just gotten my real estate license about two months before that, and I was just about to go find another 
W-2 job because I lost my job. And so uh, I was going to go find another W-2. And then my wife's like, no, you got this real estate license. You've done nothing with it. You're either going to jump all in. You're going to make something shake or you're going to always be wondering what if. That's a queen. <laughs> I yeah, love it. Absolutely. And and so I was just like, man, she's right. So I jumped all in scared, not knowing anyone in because we had just moved to Omaha. My son at the time is two years old. We had no family, no friends, no church group, no nothing. So I'm like, well, how the hell am I gonna sell real estate? I don't even know anyone here. And I fast forward within that next nine months, I did forty six deals worth eight million dollars in volume. I got the rookie of the year in Nebraska and, <laughs> and that's where my journey started to take off from. So you can imagine I got a lot of success and notoriety from real estate. But wow. then I was that person that about after I would say about three and a half years, uh, I, I wasn't it wasn't necessarily the challenge that I wanted anymore. Right. And so for me at that time, I knew that I wanted to still have more control over my own time, even though in real estate I did. And so I tried my hand at a lot of different things and throughout my life I have as well. But that's when I learned about podcasting. And I felt like since a lot of times when I was telling people my story, they would say, oh, my God, you got an amazing story. Da, da, da. So I was like, well, how can can I, you know, get my message out there a little bit more, right? That, you yeah. know, your, your journey never ends until you say it ends, right? Yeah. And so there was so much to that. So that's where podcasting came in. And I've had a lot of success in podcasts, right? Yeah. Having you on, I think this is a major milestone. But then also how the, the, the child care centers, the learning center came about was I got an opportunity where, long story short, the the child care center, daycare center that my daughter was going to, my wife and I had already been looking at other daycare centers and that one started to, that one was closing down in about two and a half weeks. And so I go to pick my wife up and I won't go too deep into this. Maybe we'll have this conversation for another time. My wife had just went through a, a major, you know, time in her life for, um, it was a major, and, and again, I, I don't want to curve it too much, but my wife had just went through a major time. She was on a six-week post-op surgery, and then okay. that child care center was, going, was closing down, and so I go home, and I tell my wife, and I'm like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And she's like, well, how, how are we going to do it? I'm like, don't, don't worry about it. Just say yes, and we'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, so she agrees. She says, yes, we figured it out. Uh, within nine months, we went from zero to 70 kids, but that's all her baby. Uh, uh, yeah, now okay. we have two centers. Who manages that? She manages that. That's all her baby. And, and so, yeah, that's growing. But for me, it's always been, I believe, like when you look at in the dream, like the shirt says, in the dream we trust. And Dream Nation is all about everybody has a different dream. Your dream is different than mine. And I was always that kid that I was always spontaneous and I wanted to go after whatever the dream was. I didn't want anybody to tell me, you know, that like, oh, you got it. Because I've heard it from some of the brightest minds in the world that they've been like, well, when you're known for this enough. But it was like, well, who said? says that now is enough, if that makes sense. Okay. And so that was a struggle for me. But I think what allowed me to just be me was to go back and do exactly what you did. Look at my track record. And I've done all of these things and I've had success with them. So again, no one's story is the same. And I just allowed myself to say at the end of the day, I would rather live with failure than live with regret. And that's allowed me to just continue to go on and on. And, and it's crazy because on paper, you know, and looking at it, people see that I do a lot of things, but they keep me energized. And that's the thing. If I were doing a lot of different things, I wouldn't be energized. I'd be overwhelmed and stressed because that's my personality. But for you, it totally energizes you. And that's what I think is most important about entrepreneurship, knowing who you are, what you're about, what you need, and really listening to that. And so we both are successful with very different tracks that we followed or different types of business models. And that's what I love about entrepreneurship. That's why I love teaching people how to quit their nine to five job and start something because life has never been the same for either of us. I think you would agree right. since we went out on our own. I always say the worst day as an entrepreneur, the worst day, and I've had some bad ones that I outline in this book, the worst day as an entrepreneur is still better than the best day in a nine to five job. Facts. And I really do believe that. Facts. Let's talk about how, cause you are, and I don't know, you come from California, right? Or was yeah. it, was it Nevada? Is it California? No, California girl. Yep. California girl. Now you're in the South. But what yeah. I, what yeah. I love to see was, were you from a small town? I can't remember. It was a Carlsbad. Carlsbad. Yep. That's where I live. I grew up in a place called Yorba Linda, but Orange County, but Carlsbad is where I've spent most of my time, which is near San Diego. 
Gotcha. So an introverted girl, right, who had a lot of success, but then you were introverted. But what what I think is super dope is you've been able to build relationships like, you know, no other, not only with your students and your audience, but obviously with a lot of people through your podcast and through you speaking and stuff like that. Talk to me about how were you able, because it's one thing to say I can believe in myself, but it's another thing to say I can get other, my peers to believe in me as well. So as you started to build your relationships, how did you feel worthy enough to say, I'm supposed to be, was it just because, hey, I've worked with Tony Robbins, right? So if I could work with Tony, I could work with anybody. But I mean, people like Michael Hyatt, obviously we got the mutual friendship and, and Pat Flynn. Like, how were you able to, to have that confidence that like, hey, I'm supposed to be in this circle? Okay, this is such a great question because you're right. I'm an introvert to the core. I would rather be home alone than in a at a networking event for marketing. However, I knew early on that connections are meaningful and they allow you to grow your business. If you make the right connections, you can it will help you immensely in your success. But I also knew I cannot be a taker. Like that felt horrible to me just to be friends with someone so they could help me climb the ladder. I didn't want anything to do with that. And I saw it everywhere in our industry. So that felt bad. So I thought I got to do this on, on my terms in my way. So what I did is early on, I made myself go to in real life events. You know, now the world's opening up again, thank God. But for two years, if you were a brand new entrepreneur two years ago, you would have a really hard time making those connections. But now you can do it again. Where I went to marketing conferences, I got, I paid to be in masterminds. I said yes to summit so I could be around other people even online. So I got into the rooms in the beginning by paying for it, to be quite honest. I'd pay for those events and those masterminds. And something I've never talked about before, but a girlfriend of mine recently said it, and I thought, that's refreshing, and I think I need to repeat it. She, my friend, is a baller. She makes $50 million a year in her business. And she is in big rooms with big, big names in our industry and beyond our industry. And I said, you have been so quiet for so many years. And like in the last year, she's exploded onto the scene. And she said, money talks, Amy. When you start making a lot of money in your business, when you start having a lot of success, people start paying attention. And, and I don't know if that's always good. I don't love that, but I think it's the truth. And so when I see her doing big things, she's like, I'm here because they know I make a lot of money. They know I'm legit and they want to know how I do it. And so when you're brand new and you see big names having big relationships with other people, just remember they did not start there. And as their success grew, they got invited into the rooms. They got invited to the masterminds or whatever it might be. So give yourself some time and grace because I didn't start there and it definitely didn't happen overnight. And as I became more successful, I got more invites into, you know, or connecting with amazing big names. But also, since the get-go, I always made sure I put myself where I where I could at the events and and at the at the uh, situations where I knew I could connect with people doing bigger things than me. Because that's the last thing I'll say. Tony always taught me get into rooms with people doing bigger things than you. That is the only way you grow. And so I'm always finding opportunities to be in rooms where people are doing bigger things. But you got to check your ego because it, it makes you feel a little bit smaller when you're around all these people that are making way more money than you and doing big things. So you also have to just be okay with that. Absolutely. And that's the takeaway. That's the big takeaway that I heard out of there, right? Be willing to get uncomfortable, yeah. right? Be, be comfortable Yo. with getting uncomfortable because that's yes. what you kind of said in the beginning. All like, the hey, time. I was an introverted girl, but I also knew like I had to get out. I had to get to some conferences. I had to do summits. I had to be willing to get uncomfortable because eventually if I did it enough, right? It's just like riding a bike. You're going to figure it out, right? And there's yeah. somebody else out there. That's the thing because I love conferences as well, right? Your network is your net worth and you yeah. get so much more like honestly what people don't understand is when you're going to these conferences most of the value is made or most of the value is exchanged in the hallways rather than listening to the speaker Amen. right yes 
And so, so both people, you're going to find that there's somebody else. Like, even if you just go to a conference in Vegas by yourself, I promise you, if you're willing to just say hi to enough people, hey, what are you, you're here to, you're going to find somebody else that probably has a similar personality to you wherever you come from and you can make a friend. Now, that friend might not be a million dollar person. That friend might just be on the same level as you. But again, it allows you to be more comfortable. So these three days, you're not worried about, oh my God, I got to go back home. Right. You're now excited. That person's saying, man, this is my first conference. You're like mine too. And now you have a friend for life and somebody who's going through those trenches. So I love that. I love that you brought that up. I have to tell you a really quick story. Yeah. So when I first started out, you mentioned Vegas. I used to go to this, this event called blog world in Vegas. And at the time I had just went out on my own and this guy named Michael Stelzner, who has social media examiner, that's his Mm -hmm. big website now. Michael Stelzner was just starting out with his website. What didn't even exist yet. And he hired me to be a wrangler at these events to go ask big names. Hey, will you come over here? Michael's going to interview you for his brand new website. So I literally was wrangling these celebrities in my industry. Didn't know who they were. I was so starstruck and I would bring them over to Michael and he would interview them. And so this happened for two years. I did that. He paid me to wrangle these people. And then I met Lewis Howes, you know, of Lewis Howes Mm -hmm. and School of Greatness. I met Lewis. We became friends in the hallways at these events. And fast forward, maybe a year after that, he said, Amy, do you want to work on this digital course with me? I've got an idea for a Facebook digital course. You create the content. I'll help you promote it. Like, yes. So we went 50, 50 into one of my very first successful digital courses made over a million dollars together with a guy I met in the hallways at a conference that I never in my wildest dreams thought we would be partnering together. And so fast forward today, and both of us have like done amazing things in our businesses, but back then we didn't, we, back then we didn't have that clout. And so you are absolutely right that you got to get yourself in the proximity of other people that are doing big things. Absolutely. Proximity is powerful. Yes. I love it. So we're just about wrapping this up. And like I said, this has been such a phenomenal conversation. One question I want to ask you is for your inspiration, right? And I know, I think the, the, the answer you might say is, is a lot of people, but I want to know specifically when you're looking for inspiration and you go to your lake house, is it a podcast that you're going to listen to? Is it a book that you're going to read? Like, where do you get your inspiration to be able to not only calm your mind, but excite your moods? So inspiration, when we're thinking like for my business or for my mental health to be a better leader, I will always do a podcast and different types of podcasts. You got to give us some though. People want, they want to know what is the podcast then? Like, what are we listening to? What do I got to go search for right now? So, okay, wait, let me look. I'm literally going to look at some of my favorites that are in my library right now. Okay. Okay. So let's see here. Shows. So some of my favorites, okay, Michael Hyatt, you mentioned him earlier. He is my business coach. So business accelerator, love everything about Michael Hyatt and what he does online. So he's going to be one of the ones I listen to. Um, Brooke Castillo has a podcast, all about the life coach school, and it's about how to coach yourself. So that's how I get like in the zone for being an entrepreneur. Pat Flynn. I mean, I'll listen to Pat Flynn all day long. Love everything about his podcast. And then there's, I listen to a lot of self-help. So Unlocking Us, Brene Brown, love it. And um, Marketing Secrets, Russell Brunson. That's another one. It's a quick one that you can listen to. And I'll give you one more, The Jasmine Star Show. These are literally in my library of the podcast that I listen to. And I'm always, and I always want to listen to things that people in different businesses, different arenas, different niches that can give me ideas for mine. If you only listen to things in your niche, you're going to miss so much that is going on out there that you can apply to your business. But anyway, I always have a podcast in my ear. I love it. I love it. And and yeah, that's it. It's so crazy because a lot of people want to know, like, how can I get mentorship? Right. How can I? And there's so many ways like I was going to say, how can I add value to someone else? How can I get mentorship? How can I add value to someone else if I don't have a lot of money? Well, first off, you can get mentorship just by listening to podcasts. Right. Or watching these YouTube videos. But also, just like you said, figuring out something that's in another niche or whatever you can bring to someone. So if I just learned what Amy Porterfield said, 
said that I got to build an email list, right? And maybe I want to get into social media management. That's the way that I'm going to start. Well, now when I start talking to local business owners, right, if I go to a Rotary Club meeting or whatever, I'm going to ask them and I'm going to say, hey, let me ask, how long have you had your business? Oh, we've gotten this. Oh, what's the, do you guys have a focus on your email list? Well, we got to get better. Oh, because I've learned by listening to Amy yeah. Porterfield, right, that, but, you know, that, that 67% of businesses don't have, you know, an email list or whatever. They don't. And yeah. here's some ways that we can even your existing email list. Here's some ways that we could probably grow it by 10% in the next 30 days. Right. And then giving them that information. So that's how you got your mentorship on top of that. Now that you get your clients, you then go back to Amy Porterfield, you send her an email, you leave her a review and you say, Hey, because you gave me this information, I was able to share it with the local business owner, which allowed me to get three clients. Now you've given her a testimonial. Potentially she then says, Hey, I would love to hop on a call and learn more about where you're doing and if I could help. So there's so many ways. And when I, I love when you, you say things like that, because when people get outside of their industry, that allows them to bring things back into their industry to just add tremendous value. And totally uh, that, that's, again, I, I'm, I'm all about that. So that's another reason why I can't stay into one lane because I, I'm always taking nuggets from other places, but um, well, it's working for you, friends. So there's yeah. no problem with that. <laughs> Thank you. So again, this has been a phenomenal conversation. The last question that I have for you is I always used to ask the question, uh, if you could change, if you could go back and change anything, like what would you? And people would always say, I wouldn't change anything, you know, because it's made me who I am, which I understand where they're coming. But I also always say that, you know, if we could, we would all go back to changing something, right? I would go back. I would never have lost my mom right uh, and and but here nor there i've learned to phrase this question in a different way okay. and i ask now like looking at all of your journey and your success to where you are if there was one thing that you wish that you would have implemented sooner to accelerate your path on your dream into where you are today what would that one thing be so if we're talking real strategy, it would absolutely be, I wish I started growing my email list on day one. Mm -hmm. I would have made so much more money and business would have been so much easier from the get-go. There it is. Well, hey, Dream Builder, I want to be... Uh, the first to congratulate you on being able to get firsthand knowledge on growing your business. If you are in right now a corporate job that you're trying to figure out how to get out of, you at least have the first step, right? You at least have a little bit of a blueprint. And if you grab this book, Two Weeks Notice, which I'm excited when it releases uh, to help you on your path to turning your dream into a reality. Amy, I want to be the first one today to tell you if no one else has told you, thank you. And I appreciate you. This has been a phenomenal episode. Uh, is there anything that you wish that I would have asked you that I didn't ask you on this episode? Ooh, no, I, I, you've asked so many great questions in my mind. I'm thinking he's such a good interviewer. So this has just been <laughs> such a delight. Thank you so very much. I'm so glad I got to meet you. And I really do hope that this message found the people it needed to find today to help you really create a business and a life you love. So thanks again. Absolutely. And remember dream builder and the dream we trust, but you have to take action on something because if you don't, that dream that you have, and we all have a dream without any action, it'll only merely be a fantasy. That's all for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.